0: Turn with me in the Word of God to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I want to read uh, beginning in verse 4. We're going to be aiming towards verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 4. Paul says, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given you in Christ Jesus, that in everything you were enriched in him, in all speech, in all knowledge even as testimony concerning Him was confirmed in you, so that you are not lacking in any gift, awaiting eagerly the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who also, and this is a wonderful truth, isn't it, who will also confirm you to the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. This important verse for us tonight. God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. <clears throat> I've known for a good while that I was going to be speaking tonight. And I knew for a good while, as I thought about that, what I had to do tonight. Um, it's not been a long while since I knew how I was going to go about doing that. We're here to celebrate right? Purpose tonight, it says a message, but the purpose tonight is to lead us all in celebration. Because God's done great things for us. The reason we get together after 50 years and and do this, again, uh, there's no real prescription to do that. It might go back to Old Testament principle there. You have a year of Jubilee, well, let's have a Jubilee, but the Jubilee isn't about us. The Jubilee is about the faithfulness of God, and that's, that was the, the primary thought that was in my mind. We have to talk about the faithfulness of God. And my job tonight, my job, is to speak to you about the faithfulness of God so that you will join me in the celebration of that. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he's good. Let Israel say, Oh, give thanks for the Lord is good, right? We have to all do this together. I'm glad you're here, right? Because at the very beginning um, of this passage, Paul says something to the Corinthians. I want to note that it just as we start. It says, "'I thank my God always concerning you.'" Thanks. What, a person gives thanks for what blesses them. You don't give thanks for what blesses somebody else unless the gift that they receive meets you in such a way that you're blessed. Paul gave thanks for the churches. He was giving thanks for the gift of God to them because when the gift of God is manifested in any place, it improves the whole situation in the body. And not only does it improve the situation in the body for the moment, in a picture that we sometimes lose track of, everything which is accomplished by the Spirit of God in any life will one day be manifested when Jesus Christ is praised. And we all have a chance to participate in that. Isn't that wonderful? That when a person is blessed, that doesn't go away. When the body is built up by the activity of others in the body, then there is something of eternal glory for Jesus Christ. Everything else I do on this earth is passing away. I helped build every building on this campus, but they will all be gone. But what happened in the lives of people will never pass away. It's permanent, and we can all participate in that. Isn't that wonderful? We've had that wonderful opportunity here, but I wanted to—I just want to mention that first. So it is—it's with great Thanksgiving that—that that to me that you're here. To celebrate this would be one thing for us to do as a staff. Or, but that's, that's too small. It's too small. It is required of us, as God blesses us, to open our mouths and sing His praise. It's, it's our job. And tonight, the unique way, it's my job to do that. And, I, and again, um, I have the single greatest opportunity to do that of anyone in this room I arrived in Greenville South Carolina to go to school at Furman University in 1968 Um, long story short Randy Loper dragged me to a bible study which Mr. Carroll was teaching he had just returned from Japan on some kind of a trip I do not know what that was and as he stood there, he says, I've got a piece of paper here. I've got a piece of paper. And this piece of paper says that we own that piece of property. We have purchased it. It has been finished. It is paid for its ours." And that was, again, the school started, or the whole program had started before then. But I was there that night. During my four years at Furman, I went and listened to Mr. Carroll. I was not yet converted. It would be my senior year before I had finished the negotiations with God and found out that I can't negotiate. All right? And when that took place, then the kingdom of God came. That was in the senior year. But I was listening to him the whole time. And I came out here the whole time. I, was, uh, I sat there again, different things happened. And I was drugged to meetings all the time. But right over there, he says, What well, great part about being here for 50 years. You can say, right over there, this happened, and right over there, that happened, and right. right over there, in that corner, we were having a men's prayer meeting one Saturday morning. I'm just, I was just there, I don't remember how I ended up there. But it was way before anything, this was the only building that was up in here, everything else, the driveway was there, and this building was there, and he said, I want to show you guys something. Now, he was not talking to me, he was talking to some men that were over there, and he led them out, and we went out through that door, same door. I think it's even the same piece of wood. Right? But anyway, out that door, and we stood up there where that uh, magnolia tree is, and he turned, he says, Look. And so we looked back across there into a jungle where that where that road goes up was a fence row. And it was a it was the front of a jungle. <laughs> it was all kinds of vines and stuff. He says, Don't you see a Bible school back in there? Now, I'm a dummy, I'm just looking like I'm not. <laughs> you know? Uh, this place isn't built on my faith, I'll just tell you that. Um, I wasn't even converted, but I can still remember that man had a vision that I didn't, per- I, I couldn't share <laughs> no, I just at that particular point. It was just an interesting to me. We'll see. We'll see. Well, I have seen. I have seen. All right. Every step of the way, I was there. And again, I'm not not putting myself out of something that's important. It's just I happen to be that one. So if anyone is going to stand and say, great is our God, then I have to do that. Because no one else here can testify so long as I can to what God has done over those years. That's the purpose we have tonight. Now, I've chosen this particular verse for a couple reasons, although this is not an exposition. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Because we're here to... To give testimony. God uses exposition. He uses the word of God. But he also uses testimony. The testimony to what he's done. And that's what I want to do. I want to give testimony tonight. Just a reminder. For many of you, they'll, you know parts of this. You see, when a student comes through, you know, you guys are, you know, you've been students. You know three, maybe four classes. You know, you have a little window of opportunity. You slide by. And then you, there's all these people here that, yeah I don't know who they were. They were here a year after you were there. All right, you, just, oh, you know this group, but you don't know anybody else. Um, I know all of you. All right, there's except for my own class. There's nobody who's ever been through the Evangelical Institute that I haven't taught. I've watched it all happen. I had the privilege of sitting with Mister Carroll. Mister Carroll made it clear right from the beginning we were going to have prayer. <laughs> that was one thing we were going to have every morning. From the beginning of this school, from the first time that there was, a, at least I was on staff, the staff met together for prayer every single morning. For years, Mr. Carroll had a, a uh, I don't know, sometimes a Wednesday night, sometimes a Thursday night, but a, a prayer for missions. And I got to listen to that man pray. So I know a good bit about the way his heart is because you get somebody and they're praying and they 're praying intensely for circumstances which are important, and you will find out what they think and which way they where what 's really in here and I had a window of opportunity in that i don 't think anyone else again Dan would have been the only one that comes even close to all that Dan was also through that, but he 's not here tonight to do this. I would that he was, but it 's mine to do it so that 's that 's that's the reason why do I pick this particular passage I want to say first of all because it was an important verse in the very first year as I said it tells us what it was one of the verses that was used to point us to what God was actually after what was the lord trying to do why was there a school here at all but he says this God is faithful who has here's what he's done for us he's called us into what fellowship with his son now I admit that I know this is so that that could be understood two different ways. That he's either called us each individually into a fellowship with the Lord, which is the way I think it should go. But there is another way, but it, it comes out almost the same, where together we need to fellowship in the Lord. Which brings us back to the same thing, because here he's talking about what a goal was. The goal was not to become a missionary. The goal was not to become a preacher. The goal was to know Jesus Christ. And as you knew Him to enter into his heart, and then fellowship with him. And you know, word fellowship, you all were here. You should remember this. means joint participation. It means for me to join him in what he's doing. That's been the great privilege of my life, is to spend time walking with the Lord, knowing him, and then fellowshipping. Fellowshiping what he's concerned about, because what was he concerned about? He was concerned about you fellowshiping with Him in prayer concerning other people, fellowshiping. People want to get to know God, and they want to get to know God apart from what He's actually doing. The Lord is on this earth seeking to save that which is lost, and God has called us into fellowship with Himself. It has to do with my own knowledge of Him, but it also has to do with the fact that He is doing a work, and if I want to know, if I want to know who He is, I better walk with Him and figure out what He's doing and get involved in it. So I went to that that was it was because that was brought to us as a reason. That's why we were sitting there. All right. I sat in yellow chairs. The first class, Mr. Carroll sat right here on an orange platform. You remember the orange platform. And those were yellow chairs. They were harder than those chairs. I want to tell you that. They they didn't fit exactly as well as those chairs do. But we sat right there and he stood right here and we began to seek God together, all right? I, want, I choose it for that reason. The second reason I want to say that I chose this verse, because I'm thinking about God is faithful. That's what we want to talk about today. God is faithful. The second reason is this. This was sent to the Corinthians, all right? Paul gave thanks for the Corinthians for all that God had done for them. Um, and because you've all been through the school too, you know what comes next in the book of Corinthians. He's going to tell them about this problem, and 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 this, problem and, this problem and this problem. They've been called into this, but they had all kinds of problems. But it didn't interfere with the fact that they still had been called. And God, is the, God is the one that's great, not the people who have been here. It's very important. I want, to, I want to make sure I say that at the very beginning. I'm going to talk about what God has done for us, but we must never confuse what God has done for us with what we have done. This is not about us. This is not about even Mr. Carroll in all of his his great faith in God. It is about a God who is above it all. And that's what I want us to think about tonight. And that's what the value of thinking through the last 50 years is. That there is a God who had a plan and it was bigger than the characters. It is still bigger than the characters. And that he did it even though the characters were very deficient. The characters were very deficient. If you were here early enough to be in those times when you watched me play volleyball, you would know that I am very deficient. (laughs) All right? I did my share of yelling. There are things, (laughs) oh, boy, you know, just have those moments when you go. (laughs) You profess to really be seeking the Lord, and that's what you had to say. And you pushed that guy around, and you did, (laughs) you don't. (laughs) but that's only one part. Of the deficiencies, all right. You think about oh, well, God does it because of your great faith. Um, when I became director, that was a, that was a huge problem for me. I did not want to be director, but I became director. You think oh, well, you've seen God supply all, oh, well, it'll be easy for you, right? No, no, wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. Sam was taking care of the books at one point, and she came to me and told me we had less than hundred dollars. <laughs> and school was going. This was not in the summertime when we could all, you know, you know, plant beans or something and, and get around. <laughs> this was when there's kids out there that would have to eat tomorrow. And I didn't know what to do. I have nobody to call on. I had nowhere to go. I don't know anybody with. Well, maybe I know somebody with another hundred dollars. We'd have two, and <laughs> you know how we're gonna how we're gonna make it. I didn't have the mind to put it. Here's the point. You see, a very deficient person who had never proved God in the same way that I was going to have to prove him that day was put in a place where I had to say, well, what are we going to do? And I, I can still remember, again, God has his own way of, of meeting each one of us. And, again, I've told the story many, many times, but here it is. He just said to me, this is the way I, I'm not saying I heard voices back then. Anyway this came to me. Did everybody eat today? Is the roof still over their head? Call me when it's want? I mean, was, that's not, that's my own interpretation of it. You just, you just keep going forward in what you're doing. You just, just go. I was a coward. I never, ever looked at the books. I never looked at the books. People say, how did you make it by? I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue because I was too deficient in my faith to be able to look at the books and still maintain faith. All right? But we're still here. And everybody got fed. And the power never went off. And the waters <laughs> kept coming through. How, I don't know. But you see, it wasn't because of my great faith, it's because there's a God in heaven if there's anything that I have learned while I'm here, is there's a God in heaven. And if you want to live by faith, you better keep your focus on the fact that there's a God in heaven. And the moment you start to think about who I am in this, you're really on shaky ground. Keep your focus on the God of heaven. That's why we're told to rejoice in the Lord. Well, our job tonight is to remind ourselves of the faithfulness of God. And that is so that we will have greater courage as we look forward the world is different today than it was in 1972 when i sat there 72 was kind of a period of turmoil i don't know if you remember about all of those campus riots and all the rest of it we just come off of that the world was beginning to settle down there was economic problems in the country there was the beginning of that recession it was it was not a a particularly pleasant time but it wasn't today it wasn't today the times have changed. The, the problems have changed, but God hasn't changed. We need to think about what God has done in the past so that we can look forward in confidence. Everybody that has been through here knows one of my favorite psalms that I just, as a practical psalm, is this. It's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord and sing the praises of the Most High. To proclaim your loving kindness every morning. You look forward to what's ahead? Loving kindness. And your what? Faithfulness every night. Now we're at a night. That's what what we put. We're at a 50. At a 50-year point, we can now look back and say, God was faithful. God was faithful. So that we are then encouraged to look forward and say, what's ahead for us in that unknown future which is out here, the loving kindness of God. The same loving kindness that we experience day after day back here is a is ahead out there. But I know that it, it's part of God's plan that I will be more encouraged to do this, to believe him for the loving kindness, if I take time to think about what he has done. So that's what I'm, I'm here to do. What has he done for us? What has he done for us? Well, I, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of how he has provided for us in several different ways. All right. First of all, I want to start with the, I would consider least important, but the most obvious. When Mr. Carroll started this work, Barbara Haley was telling you about this this morning. He started building that building, and he didn't have any money. He actually started the, the school a little ahead of time. The plan was to start it the next year. All right. Now, again, I don't want to be arrogant about it, but Dan and I were graduating from Furman, and I think he thought we would never, he had worked so much with us, he was going to say, I'm going to finish this work. He knew we needed to still work, you know. So <laughs> he was working with us, and I think he just rushed the school forward. When we started school, there was no, that dormitory back there was just, it was a skeleton. It was just being built. There was no place to house people. We weren't ready to go. Uh, uh, Mr. Brazier was talking this morning about the, you know, tell you about the, the volleyball, when we, when we started to, Mr. Keller did not have it all planned out, how this was all going to go. Let me just say that. He was a field marshal. Let's see what has to happen today. You know, Let's get, um, it, it was, that just the way it went about things. When we, when we uh, started, and it was the afternoon of one of the first days. Uh, it was very early. I was over at what was the old office where T. Harris lives now, and a lady named Wyema Phillips was over there. Wyema's there, and Mr. Carroll was there. I don't know why. It's 50-some years ago, or 50 years ago, so I don't know why I was there, but I was. And Mr. Carroll said, I think this place needs some physical activity. Okay? She was a PE teacher. That's what she'd been trained to do. And she says, "Well, what can we?" And he said, "What can we do?" And this is how great this was planned." And she said, "Maybe we could play volleyball. <laughs> Just write to F- Waima if you've got any complaints, because that was it. <laughs> that was from that moment fixed. And we've played volleyball forever on that but you know, deep planning perfect you know arrangement what can we do play volleyball okay let's get a net and do it next day we played volleyball on a net that i don't know where she found it i don't know how it was held up but and we really did anyway but that just shows you he wasn't ready to, the financial he was starting the whole thing without any financial backing All right and you heard some we made it through we don't have any more financial backing tonight than he had then, but the miracle is we all ate today, the lights are still on, and everybody everybody still has a you know i guess it's a cool place, a warm place what well, anyway, they have a place to sleep tonight it hasn't rained in a long time, so they don't have to have to be kept out of the rain but anyway, you've got the idea God's been faithful to us, and uh, again, I don't know in doing that. He showed us who he was, and this is a very important part of the testimony. There were men like Al Alridge who saw to it that in the early days some money was supplied. Mr. Epperson who supplied enormous amounts of money to this place. it still wasn't enough to keep it going. But, you know, when you have a, a donor like Mr. Epperson, you can come and ask this kind of a question. What happens when there's no Mr. Epperson? What do you have? What happens when that takes place. Well, one of the things, I can't, I can't give it to you. And Barbara Haley was speaking about this this morning. There's a certain amount of money it takes to, to keep this place going. It comes. Or it has come. I'm just saying. It. It's, it's always come. And when this person drops off, another person comes in. And it might come in big gifts. And it might come in little gifts. But it comes. Because behind it is the living God. It's not because people are generous, although they are very generous. I'm not here to take anything away from the generosity of people. But it comes because God is faithful, and he's been determined down through the years. Mr. Carroll determined at the beginning he was going to trust God. And I don't know that, it, again, it was a great faith, but all I'm saying is this. God has honored that the whole way down to prove that it's bigger than the person. It's bigger than this person. It is the testimony is God himself. And again, we can tell stories, but uh, stories of money, that's a secondary thing. I remember um, there was a missionary. Many of you probably can remember her. She was from France. Uh, Marlene Muir, she worked with gospel recordings in the early days of the school. She was working out there. And I remember she came one day to me and kind of popped my balloon on this. I was, uh, you know, sort of thing. And she says, You know, Americans are kind of funny, but just get this right. A building is not a work of God. Right? I said, Well, that, that's nice. <laughs> Why did you say that? He says, okay, people trust the one for a building. But he said that's not a work of God. Now, I disagree with her in a sense. I think it, God has to supply. He did supply, so there's, we're given thanks for the fact that he supplied for us. But she was right in another sense. The work of God is a spiritual work that is done in lives. It is not the supply of money. It's not his primary concern. It's an easy place for him to prove he's there. All right? It's an easy place. But it is, it is in persons. It is work in personalities. It is the changing of hearts that is the work of God. That's the part which, when we're finished, will be there. The buildings he supplied for, for us have helped us to get a job done, but they won't be in heaven. People will be in heaven. People who look like the Lord because God does a work. That's the work you're looking for. That's the work of God. The work of God today isn't what is supplied for missionaries. It's the people that those missionaries are speaking to who move from this to this. They move from light to darkness, or from darkness to light. And they're they're completely renovated. That's a work of God. That's why, again, it's it's a great privilege to have you hear because so many of you, this is, all right, this is the work of God. This is that, those things. again, I'm not claiming full responsibility for your whole life. I'm not saying that. We do a little part for a short period to help people get on the right track to follow the Lord. But that's the work of God. Now, in, in talking about that, I think one of the things we can see, another one of the great provisions God's made for us is personnel. The personnel that he has provided down through the years has been a unique way that he has shown us that he is there. Now again, there's not very many of us can remember all the way back to the very early days of building over here, but I'm telling you what, we would have made a good sitcom you have to know the characters. I'm not going to mention because then somebody, I'm not even being critical of them. We were a, we were a strange lot. I'll just tell you that. Eccentric characters, one right after another. You know, it's in it's, Mr. Carroll, <laughs> it was determined we were going to build these buildings on our own. That's why the first concrete dorm, he, he dropped the design then, because we were going to build them ourselves. Sometimes I used to joke. I said, he, just, "He would lay all the tools out here." Dan picked up a, a paintbrush, and he was forever the painter. <laughs> I didn't like paint. I just picked up a hammer, and I was a carpenter. You know, this is, you know, because I grabbed it from the right end. You know, and that, that makes you the carpenter. Okay, I'm the carpenter. You're the painter. But we were. It was quite a. It was quite a crew. I'd worked on real construction crews before, <laughs> you know. I'd done that for my dad in high school, and this was not the same. <laughs> I mean, and what I'm talking about, in those days, we would have these Saturday work days. This is this is a great one. My my favorite event in the Saturday work days was there was an older gentleman, Mr. King. Um, he he would come every week, and I mean, he was faithful. <laughs> But Mr. King, I can still remember we were working on this this first dormitory there, and I was with a group of guys working on the bottom. that's all I remember. And he was cleaning up upstairs. And I can still remember this sound of the wish of the broom <laughs> and clutter floating down on top of us. Watch out! <laughs> By the time he got to the watch out part, it was all over. But it was... That was work, you know what I mean work day. It was not the most um, powerful looking group but God built the He put those men in, but then there were the, the, he supplied what we needed. There was a man and I have the deepest respect for him who committed himself to wiring our buildings and for I think it was six or seven years. that man was here every Saturday I mean every saturday because we were building for a long time and he pulled wires and he worked on the stuff and he was there. this was every saturday but it's a supply of a person that's needed right supply. now he did that for us way back in the past and again i can't tell all the stories we only have a little bit of time but he did it then when we needed teachers people to be in there he brought them He supplied people who've done all these It's just, it's incredible. You just look for a person who can teach who's going to be one heart with you in what you're trying to accomplish because we're not trying to accomplish exactly the same thing as a lot of schools are trying to do. So it's not something that's easy for somebody to understand, but he always brought them. He always brought them. A lot of people have taught here. He put the right people in at the right time. But God was behind it. God was behind it. Then you get that one, you know, you have to know that it was a tough moment when Mr. Carroll had gotten sick and it was not going to be possible for him to continue. That was a hard day for me, not just a day, it was a period, but it was hard because Mr. Carroll was a world-class preacher. Mr. Carroll had built the work from a human perspective. It was his work. And we had to look at the situation. I had to look at it and say, you know, is there a future for this work or is this his, you know, did God create this in order that he could do this particular work and now it's done? I'm a strong believer that when the work that you're doing is no longer valuable, do something else and quit the work. Don't keep something going that doesn't count. That's my own personal opinion. And I was ready to say, okay, we can let it go. Mr. Carroll's out of the picture. What's he going to do next? What are we going to do next? God supplied. Don't say God supplied. Did it in various ways, and people are still being taught, and they're still being taught exactly the same thing that you were taught when you were a student. I sort of sense well, it was better then. No, it's the same teaching. It's different personalities. It's different personalities. We heard this morning it is one of my favorite verses there you look at other lives don't imitate their their who they are imitate their faith I can't be Mr. Carroll I can't be that they in any way you're going to squeeze Mr. Carroll out of my personality you just aren't going to make it it's not going to happen all right but that's not a problem right because it's truth through the personality that's there it's it's the living god in an individual who is who's a real person who god changes in a real way and then if they'll trust him will empower them to present the truth and then he'll answer it because he answers his truth not personalities right he answers his truth but he always supplied he always supplied and I want to say that the last one, and this is this is one that um, I thought, boy, I, I better be careful here, and I'm still working on being careful. Um, <clears throat> the real work of God, the part that I want to say, praise God for His greatness, was done in individuals who were here. If you wandered around the campus today, you passed milestone markers for different people. If we put them out there, the place would be cluttered. Now, Maybe you don't remember, but I'm sure you do. See, I can't give anybody else's testimony. You see, when I stood beside Mr. Carroll up there, and I'm, I'm just a dummy listening, and I'm not even converted yet, God was doing a work. He's doing a work. and I can still remember that event because God was doing a work that day. He was doing something in me Prepare, prepare me. And it was right back, right over there, with the yellow chairs, where Mr. Carroll preached a message on Ananias and Sapphira. And the Spirit of God said, you are the man. You profess to follow God with all your heart, and you have kept part for yourself. It was absolutely true. And it, yeah, Mr. Carroll gave the message. The Spirit of God made the application. I knew exactly what the issue was, and that was the night. It was right over there in which the, the rudder was hit. It would be a few weeks before I was actually converted, but the, it, the fight was over. <laughs> I mean, I had, I had come to a place. I knew. See, I go on. A, there is, over there at the gate to the, the barn, there's a fence. And I remember a day when I leaned up against that fence and did business with God over another issue you see we were not perfect people were teaching at that time but hey there were (laughs) stuff he doesn't work with perfect people or no work gets done right he works through deficient people that he's working in sometimes we say things like he's either working he's either working in you or he's working through you not so not so because that would mean you would have to be perfect before you got to this part he works in both areas in anybody that's ready to follow him And they would do business. Now, I'm only saying that because lots and lots of people in this auditorium have turned their life around. I sat with Mr. Carroll right over there. The piano was in a different position in those days. And a young man came in and uh, was kind of distressed. And Mr. Carroll sat him down there. And that man came to come or came to faith in jesus christ i got to watch it i didn't have anything to do with it except that i was there and i watched it the guy went on to serve the lord see that happened right over there and that's just a case that's a case see that's the work of god god is faithful he has faithfully done he did that and many of you are here tonight because he did that in your heart somewhere along the line and you have the places where you sat where you were working maybe it was in your dorm room maybe it was on you know it was in out in the field someplace maybe it was in mr carroll's house up there go up to the prayer chapel and it was his house then when you interacted with the spirit of god and and the word reached your heart and started to change you lots of people have been converted lots of people bound in sin have been set free by the spirit of god as the word of god came to them. He has done great things for us. That was the work of God. Now, let me me just say something again. I'm trying to get this across here. God is still doing that. I want to tell you that. God is still doing that. Kids that come today have different stresses than you had. At least I'll say that I had in 1972. In 1972, when I was challenged to lay down my life, I died of my life in this world. It had everything to do with pleasure. It had everything to do with the hope of house and this and all. Oh. Kids who are, who are looking here, they, they don't have exactly the same tensions. It's a different world. They're going to lay down their life. It's going to have to do with being rejected. It's, going to be, it's, it's different conflicts. It was a... The thought of being persecuted back then for me, was that was absolutely not it. It was whether or not I was going to give up my right to career and home and family and everything else. Now it's a different ballgame in certain respects. Some of those same, same things cover over. I, I'm not saying that's due. The, 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 the issues are different, but the changes are still being. The challenge is still there. What? Are you going to hold on to your life or are you going to let it go? And they're still doing it. They're not doing it because we're great teachers. They're doing it because we have a faithful God who works on our behalf. The same one that supplied financially for us and the same one who gave to us the people we needed down through the years is still working. And we can give thanks to God together. He's doing it. The kids are still coming here and going out and serving him. I will tell you that. There is a greater desire in students to serve than I have ever seen. Now, They have their need, just like I had my need. When I sat down and I was on the front row, I don't know which side, but I was right there. Mr. Carroll was right here. That's too close to be to Mr. Karate, I'll tell you right now. But anyway, it was, I was right in the firing line there. I was a very deficient person. Only six months in the Lord. Only even six months since I'd come to, to Jesus Christ. There was a lot of work to be done, and they've got a lot of work to be done. But God's turning hearts. He's turning hearts to himself, all right? He has done great things for us over these 50 years. He had supplied all of our needs there have been hard times some of you are here for some of the real tragedies we lost four students on one day in an airplane crash that's a tough moment we've had other situations where sudden turnarounds in circumstances put put real pressure on you nobody anticipated Dan's departure these are tough moments so I'm not saying that it was an easy road from here to here. There have been times when students were under pressure, when there was attacks from the outside, there's attacks on the inside. There's all kinds of things, because that's the nature of the spiritual conflict. All those things happen. So we're not trying to Pollyanna the, the 50 years. There has been plenty of stress to be placed on the, on the, in the Lord's hands. But faithful is he who called you, who also has performed it. All right? He called us into this, and he's met us the whole way. And he has given us what we needed every step of the way. And the importance of that for me, as I'm looking forward to what's next in the Institute, and you, as you look forward to what's next in your life, is this, that the same God who did that does it not for an extraordinary group of people, but regular old people have always kind of taken a little bit of hope in that for other people. I'm nobody. When I was in just beginning my spiritual life, I was reading all these biographies about Hudson Taylor and George Mueller and I was all excited and I told somebody I was excited and all boy talk about a wet blanket. It was You are not Hudson Taylor. (laughs) And I want to say tonight, I am still not Hudson Taylor. I don't know what I expected a Hudson Taylor to feel like. But as on last Monday night I was teaching I'm talking on faith, and I said something that's very important, and this is, this is Faith is not a force that you have within you. You don't feel powerful. It's not as if you come to a place where you it's not a force that's in you. It is a response to God in a time of need. That's all it is. We're always in a time of need, right? It is a response to God where he says, I'm faithful. You don't pour out power on that. You just say, I'm, he says, I'm faithful. I'm a faithful to do everything I said I would do. That's what Paul's getting at the end there, right? God is faithful. Faithful what? To keep them right through to the end and present them at the end. That was, that was very important for me at that particular time at the beginning because I wondered would I ever make it. I was facing that many conflicts in my own life as I just committed to the Lord and was trying to sort things out. Would I ever make it? God is faithful. He's the one who called you. The one who called you will perform it, right? That time I wondered whether I would ever get to this particular... I mean, I couldn't imagine being here 50 years later. But I am. I am. And now I can, with great boldness, Proclaim. God is faithful. That's not a theory for me. That's a practical reality that He has proved to us year after year after year after year, crisis after crisis after crisis, person after person after person. So that tonight there's a the great privilege to know that some of you, again, this is there, are out there taking that forward you're taking it forward. Isn't it? That's the work of God. I forget. It's been very encouraging to me, I just want to say it in general, to be able to talk to different people about what God's doing for them in different places. In the entire time that we've been here, I've been here 50 years, it's somewhere between, we don't have good records, we didn't keep anything right, so anyway, the good records aren't there, but somewhere between 900 and 1,000 people have been here, something like that. <laughs> Depends on how you count. <laughs> it Depends on how you count. I was going to throw this. I, I think I'll throw that story in because it, again, it, it gives you a feel for the difference. Why do you have to have a different kind of teacher? Mister. Garrett was very anti-academic. Uh, just be honest with you. Now, he studied something fierce, but he didn't like the academic approach. His thought was this: get somebody in front of the Word of God for long enough, and God will do a work. <laughs> you know, so, I don't know how many times, maybe some of you are, are the guilty parties in this. I had to start the Old Testament. I did it for 40 years. I had to start the Old Testament survey over again for some person who didn't get there on time because Mr. Carroll recruited them in October. I said, Mr. Carroll, I'm three mile, I'm a month into this thing and I, but you can just go over it with him. So I'm sitting there in the afternoon going over all these classes to get them up to speed so they get there. And then the next week he'd say, Gee, oh, did you do that? Oh, so, what another person because he wasn't concerned about the academic year he was concerned that people come under the hearing of the word of god he didn't couldn't care less whether it was the whole year or not and it, it, it the, the great fruitfulness of all that was demonstrated in a in a woman who came here um she was brought by a missionary who she came from a closed country we'll just put it that way she came from a closed country she probably had the, the greatest degree of culture shock of anybody who's ever been at this school. I can still remember going down the food line the first time, and you're going, like, no, you don't put that on that. You know, it's just that didn't go, those don't go together. You know, I can't remember what it was. But she put ketchup on something, and you're going like, that doesn't fit. All right, but anyway, she was there. Uh, she hardly could speak English. She was only here for eight weeks. Mr. Carroll worked with her. She was just here for eight weeks, I think. Now, that part, again, this is a long time ago. It could have been six weeks. It could have been 10 weeks. I don't know. She wasn't here very long because she, was, she wasn't going to be able to stay for the whole year. And then she left. You wonder, wow, what could somebody get out? They didn't finish a course. They didn't do anything else. And again, I don't remember. I don't, I don't keep good records. It was several years later. It was a number of years later. We got a letter from a young lady from that country who had come to know the Lord and was now involved in Bible studies, teaching the word of God in a place where we couldn't go. Because all you have to do is put somebody in the, in, the, in the Word of God in front of somebody and let the Spirit of God do His work. You don't have to be here forever. Now, we have a school. We'll continue to have a school. There is a reason for that. <laughs> because not everybody gets met this way. And there's, there's I'm not, But that was Mr. Carroll. That was Mr. Carroll. That was his heart. Get that Word in front of it. And then people are missing. The, the great part to all of us was this. She was, she was taking what she had learned. And other people are getting to know it. Other people are getting to know it. And again, I want to just give thanks to God for those that, there are people here who have spent their whole life doing that in in a formal sense. There's a lot of you that did it in an informal sense. Because you don't have to do it in a formal sense. Because no matter where you go on the earth, you have people around you. And the purpose of God is to take the life that's in you and transfer it, by the word of God, to whatever life you're involved with. It's just a contact thing, and some go a long way, and they make contact with human beings. And some of you have stayed in in churches here, and, and you had contact with human beings. But you don't know what an encouragement it is. Because from my perspective, 900 people, not very many, but 900 people, many of whom are serving and, and taking the same thing, the same truth out. Now, that's tremendous. That's tremendous. Give thanks to the Lord. He's done great things, right? Let's all say together, God has done great things for us. So let's, let's praise his name tonight. And I trust that as we're doing that, we're not going to do it formally, but, hey, in your own heart, give thanks. He has done, that's, that was what I wanted to be here tonight. It's my job to tell you he's done great things for us. We have seen the hand of God, and we are still seeing the hand of God. And should he take the whole place out of existence, we will still be seeing the hand of God, because it's not the buildings, it's not, it's not the organization, it is the living God in real lives, and if he stops us here, we'll go somewhere else, and we will continue Right, Because the church will be built. It's going to be <laughs> to His praise and His glory. God is faithful. He called us into fellowship. That's what we tried to teach you. That you've been called into fellowship. That your life, whatever else happens. Everybody that went through Old Testament survey with me heard this one. There's nothing else I can promise that's going to happen to you in life. The only thing I can promise you is you can get to know God. Nothing else is sure. Nothing else is sure. Your health isn't sure. The economy's not sure. Your friends aren't sure. Your family's not sure. There's nothing else that God promises, But he does promise, I'll never leave you, forsake you. This morning we heard that that passage from um, Hebrews. Right after it is the next verse. Right? Why do we want to imitate the faith? Because God, or Jesus Christ, is the same yesterday right now and he will be that forever we can trust him so i'm thankful that you're here to help us celebrate to say it together that we are those who have been the recipients of that and we're trusting that you will be encouraged in the circumstances you find yourself in right now to continue to trust him with us okay let's pray Father, we come before you. We give you thanks for all that you have done. To God be the glory. Great things you've done. But we don't even know how to sing your praise adequately. But Father, we thank you that you have worked in lives here. We thank you for each one. We thank you, for each one who could testify that it's not theory, it is reality, it is proved is proved because they've trusted you and and you have shown yourself strong on their behalf. We thank you for every time you've done that here. Every person who was in bondage that was delivered, every person who was lost and came to an understanding of that and moved into the kingdom of God, everyone who had deficient thinking that was clarified to improve their trust, their faith. We thank you for all those gracious works. Now, Father, we come and ask you, make us those that trust you, really trust you, fellowship with you, walk with you, fulfill your purpose in this world today. And we come and trust you for it. and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.